hear now the words of our Hebrew lesson. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Each Sunday morning, our three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and pre-kindergarten-age children experience a way of encountering scripture called godly play. Because children have an innate sense of the presence of God, this way of encountering scripture allows our children to explore their faith through story. It allows them to develop a religious language so that they can articulate their faith to other people. And it enhances their experiences with God through wonder and through play. As the children enter the classroom, they gather with their classmates and they work these big, huge floor puzzles in the middle of the room. But soon after everyone has arrived, it is time to get ready. Getting ready is an important process before we encounter scripture. Getting ready means finding the quiet space within us. It means moving into a slower time and pace, where, as Jerome Berryman says, we don't have to hurry because we have all the time that we need. It means being sure that we are ready to listen to God and for God, and to be sure that we are not a distraction to others so that they can listen for God as well. When our boys and girls leave the classroom to get ready, many of them take off their shoes to signal that when they re-enter the space, the room has a different purpose than just working puzzles on the floor with their friends. It has been transformed into holy ground where they can come close to God and God can come close to them. As they enter the room again, each one is asked individually, Are you ready to enter our sacred space today? So as we begin to encounter our story this morning in a very different way than any of us are used to, I invite you to prepare yourself to find the quiet space that is within you to get ready. Are you ready to enter this sacred space today? This is the desert box. Many important and wonderful things happened in the desert, so it's important for us to know exactly what it is like. The desert is so big and so vast that it can't possibly fit into our sanctuary this morning. So here we have just a piece of the desert. 
The desert is a dangerous place. It is always moving, so it is hard to know just where you are. There is little water in the desert, so you can get thirsty and even die if no water is found. Almost nothing grows in the desert, so there is almost nothing to eat. In the daytime, it is hot, and the sun can scorch your skin. At night, it is cold. When the wind blows, the sand can sting your skin when it hits it. People wear many clothes to protect them from the sun and the blowing sand. The desert is a dangerous place. People do not go into the desert unless they have to. When the flood was over, the creatures went out into all four directions of the earth in order to fill it up with life again. They often gathered near the rivers The people gathered and lived in small villages and then in cities. The most ancient and greatest of these cities was called Ur. In Ur, the people believed that there were many gods. There was a god for every tree, every rock, every flower. There was a God for the sky and the clouds and the water and the land. The world was alive with gods. But there was one family who believed that all of God was in every place. They didn't know that they thought this yet, but they did. Abram and Sarai were part of this family. When it came time to move to a new place, they weren't sure if God would be there, so they wondered what it would be like. They walked toward Haran with their sheep and their donkeys Even the old people and all the children went too. At night, they slept in their tents. And during the day, they walked along the great river called the Euphrates. It showed them the way to go. And it gave them and their animals water to drink. It took a long, long long time. Finally, they saw people coming out from Haran. They knew the journey would soon be over. And then they were there. Sometimes, Abram would walk out to the edge of the desert 
He would look out across the sand and into the sky. When God would come so close to Abram and Abram would come so close to God, Abram knew what God wanted him to do. God wanted Abram and Sarai to move on again to another new place. Abram and Sarai did what God said. They packed up all of their things and they went into the desert to the west toward Canaan with all of their sheep and their tents and their many helpers. Even Abram's brother's son Lot went with them. This time, there was no desert, excuse me, no river to show them the way through the desert. And there was no river to give them water to drink. Eventually, they came to a place called Shechem. Abram climbed a hill and prayed to God, and God was there. So Abram built an altar to mark the place. And then they went on. Next, they came to a place near Bethel. Abram prayed to God again, and God was there. So Abram built an altar here, too. God was not just here or there. All of God was everywhere. Then they went on to make their home in Hebron, near the oaks of Mamre. One night, God called Abram outside. Abram looked up into the sky. God came so close to Abram, and Abram came so close to God, that Abram knew what God was saying. You will become the father of a great family, and Sarai will be the mother. The members of the great family will be as many as the stars in the sky and the grains of sand in the desert. Abram laughed. He and Sarai were very old. God's promise sounded impossible, but God said to change their names anyway. Abram was to be called Abraham, and Sarai was to be Sarah. One day, three strangers came out from the desert. Abraham was sitting next to his tent. He invited them in, and Sarah mixed three measures of flour, which is a lot. She gave them bread and meat to eat, and water and milk to drink, as was the custom. The three strangers told Abraham that he and Sarah would have a son. Abraham laughed. Sarah was standing near the tent and heard them. She laughed, too. They were too old. 
the three strangers went on their way. And do you know what happened? Abraham and Sarah had a son. They laughed again, and they named the baby Laughter. The word for laughter in their language is Isaac. When the boy was grown, old Sarah died. She was buried in a cave near the oaks of Mary. Abraham was very lonely. He missed Sarah very much, but he knew that he still had one important thing left to do. He sent his most trusted helper back to the land of his people to find a wife for Isaac. His most trusted helper stopped by a well one evening, and Rebecca was there. Rebecca offered him water to drink, and she even helped him give his animals water to drink, too. She was as courageous as she was kind. She invited him back to her home. There he told them all about Abraham and Sarah and the great family. And Rebecca decided that she wanted to be part of the great family too. So they set out across the desert toward Canaan, past Shechem and Bethel, to Hebron. Isaac saw them coming, so he went out to meet them. Then Isaac and Rebekah were married. Old Abraham, old and full of years, died. He was buried with Sarah in the cave near the trees. Isaac and Rebekah had children. And their children had children, and those children had children. This went on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years until your grandmothers and your grandfathers had children. Then your mothers and your fathers had children. Now you are part of that great family, which has become as many as the stars in the sky and the grains of sand in the desert. Let us pray. O God, we have heard the sacred story. And I wonder, what might be our favorite part of this story? I wonder what might be the most important part of this story. I wonder what part of this story we could leave out and still have all the parts of the story 
that we need. I wonder what part of the story was especially for each one of us in this room this morning. As we wonder, may we be reminded of your presence with us on our journeys. Amen. We've heard the word of the Lord this morning, each one of us, in our own place and all of us together. It's not my job to tell you what the word of the Lord is for you. It may have something to do with uh, our mortality, the fact that we're here and we're gone and others take our story. It may be that it is something about being united, all is in one family. It may be that you hear your own story being told in this story. The realization that we're part of something far bigger than ourselves. It's a beautiful story. And part of what it means to be a follower of Christ is to awaken to that story and to say, yes, I'll come and I'll be part. To recognize that we're all God's children together. Hymn number 685 is our hymn of response. It is our opportunity as God leads us to uh, make commitments to God. So as we sing, let us make them, if you feel led this morning, you are invited to come and be part of what God is doing here as the story continues. Let's stand together. <laughs>